3: It's going to be a shorter episode this week because we're into the world of backup issues once again.
0: The short features and the end of Action Comics. Well, I mean, it's not the end of Action Comics, but... Well, it's the tail end of any given issue of Action Comics circa 1970. But not the end of the
3: actual Action Comics.
0: Oh no, Action Comics never ended. No. Uh, if you if you believe DC, they didn't even end it when they ended it and restarted it in 2011.
3: Exactly, because it just restarted as Action yeah. Comics.
1: Exactly. Action Comics number 379, One of Us is an Imposter, published August 1969, written by E Nelson Bridwell with art by Win Mortimer and Murphy Anderson. Synopsis: the Legion computer has a shocking message. One of the heroes is not what they seem. Mm-hmm. Wow,
3: I forgot. I I forgot how much was lost when the Legion went, was in the original backups in Adventure Comics.
0: There's something about being in a purely backup role uh, in you know eight or ten page stories. That really limits the feature. And as much as we complained about some of those big two-parters where you'd get 22 pages, come back a month later and get 22 pages that had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with what came before. Mm -hmm. And and switching over to eight pages is a different experience.
3: It's it's a drastic experience. It's an abrupt experience. And I don't think readers knew, right? I mean, uh, at the time... There is no publicity saying, hey, next week there's going to be a change, or next month there's going to be a change, kids. Uh, Be sure to go check out Action Comics, where the Legion will be appearing once again with Superman as a backup issue, and Supergirl will be taking over these pages. I think it was just an abrupt change, right?
0: I I believe that they said something in the issue, the last issue of Adventure, that said, hey, the Legion's moving over to Action Comics. Go with them. Bye.
3: Yeah, but I'm just wondering if there was any kind of publicity or support from the marketing department, which, you know, had to be a shakeup for a lot of people, because we've talked about this before, about The Legion was very, very popular, and and was, you know, headlining uh, adventure comics for so long.
0: Right, but in the mind of editor Mark Weisinger, it's just a Superboy story with a funny hat. And he's got a whole book of Superboy stories, so... The thought process was, hey, no one's going to miss this Legion thing. We'll just move it over to action. It'll go back to back, you know, back matter, a secondary story like it used to be, and everything will be fine.
3: Well, I wonder how much of that came as a shock to Jim Shooter, because in Action Comics 379, the backup is written by everyone's favorite, Ian Nelson Bridwell.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 379 is a Bridwell and oh, what, maybe 10, 15 episodes ago, you were like, man, these Bridwell stories. I hate these Bridwell stories. I do not like green eggs and ham. And I'm I'm reading Action 379 today, and I'm like, man, Stephen wasn't entirely wrong. <laughs> well,
3: and I think the problem is, and this happens any time that you are a fan of a particular character or you're a follower of a t- particular writer. If you were someone, uh, say, 10, 15 years ago, who was really into Batman and detective comics and you were reading what they were putting out then. And then all of a sudden Grant Morrison comes in and Mm -hmm. starts doing his Batman of many nations and 10 little Indians and all of that stuff uh, going on. And the, the true death of uh, Batman's father that really agitated a lot of people. Some people were like excited because, Hey, it's Grant Morrison. You know, he did the original legends of the dark Knight stuff. Right. But for some people who were accustomed to a very particular way of the story being told, having Grant Morrison or really any writer come on board can be a big shock, especially if you're not used to it. And I think because we've been reading so much Jim Shooter, we've kind of gotten into the idea that this is how a Jim Shooter story goes. It's going to be long. It's going to have some interesting bits. It's going to be self-reflective of society of today. And then all of a sudden you get a Bridwell story that shakes things up. I mean, it doesn't shake things up. I mean, it feels like you're being shaken up. Right. Uh, because it's, this it's is not Jim Shooter.
0: Yeah. It's almost too retro. And you know, the thing about Shooter's run is that Shooter was one of Weisinger's workhorses. So mm-hmm. his, uh, his appearances in DC books in from 66 to about seventy one seventy two. Uh, Actually, I think Mort left in 69 or 70. But his appearances during the tail end of the Silver Age aren't just in Adventure but also Action and Superboy and Superman. And even uh, a run on Captain Action, which is a really solid book, but has nothing to do with the Legion. So, I mean, Jim is getting work even when he's not writing these Legion stories. Well, so. I
3: was I was wondering about that because my concern was where all of a sudden we got a Bridwell story was, oh, Jim wasn't prepared or they did this to him. and He had already turned in some longer stories and they're like, no, you're going to have to shrink this down. He's like, well, I'm not going to make a deadline. Oh, what right. do I what did I do uh Mortimer or Weisinger screams, hiring these young kids, and uh, then <laughs> then goes over to Bridwell and says, "Hey, I need you to knock out an eight-page legion of superhero stories." And Bridwell's right. like, "I got the perfect solution for you. Who's yeah. got the peanut?"
0: <laughs> and that is literally what this story is. One of us is an impostor. And I, I will say this, and this is something that uh, a couple of episodes ago we were talking about. Uh, It was a shooter interview where he was saying that uh, at the tail end of the Weisinger era, he was talking about his decision making. In that same interview, Jim said that when Swan was drawing the Legion, Mm -hmm. Swan preferred smaller groups. Swan was not a big group guy. And Kurt was like, hey, you know, seven Legionnaires or less. And he said, sure. Sure. And it really feels like, especially here in this, you know, the backup era in action comics, that they're keeping that seven heroes or less.
3: Well, and that makes sense because you can't throw 22 members into eight pages and expect it to make any kind of sense because you're just going to end up with a lot of people standing around. And if you're working on a very tight schedule and a very uh, fast turnaround in a lot of these comics for artists, you don't want to have to draw 50 different characters doing nothing. Give me six characters and that should be enough.
0: Yep, slap it. And this roll call is actually remarkable because this issue features Dream Girl, who's yes. been in and out of the spotlight, Element Lad and Lightning Lad, who I feel like we haven't seen anything of in a couple of years. Right. And then, of course, we get the Monel Shadowless official coupling. Now they've they've teased and taunted about oh, is Shadowless in love with Karate Kid? Is she in love with Superboy? A little bit of Monel tease, and now in this issue the monel shadow last romance gets its, its first big moments.
3: Well, that's also really odd because the interesting thing about this is it's all of their romance is taking place off-screen or between issues because all of a sudden right. Shadow Lass gets into a little bit of a problem and uh she's calling Monel love and he's calling her honey and it's mm-hmm. like whoa, if you didn't think that these two were in a relationship, these two are in a real relationship at this point. And so this is really setting up that they are the real deal, TLF, true <laughs> love forever. It's what you use to yeah. scratch on the trees, right? With your, with your Bowie knife.
0: Or with your heat vision.
3: Yes. Yes. But this, mm. so there's this guy mm-hmm. who's basically sun boy.
0: Uh, he's Sunburst, Thank you. And isn't he stylish?
3: I like it. I like his costume to be honest.
0: I, it's like another little Lord Fauntleroy costume with a vest and a big collar I like the design like
3: where it's got the big circle in the center and then it's got all the little uh smaller circles around the edge like it's a sun with the uh, little things flying off of them almost like it's bursting mm-hmm. I stripes I really, down the
0: pants and a I nice, like
3: that I like that costume i'll I'll admit
0: it's a good looking suit I have to admit it and this is the thing that's really wonderful about Sunboy sunburst <laughs> not sunboy now you got me doing it <laughs> Sunburst appears in this issue and never again.
3: Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because they take him down and he's been using all of this, not natural powers, but he's been using all these gadgets and gizmos. And once you expose someone for the fraud they are, we know that no one will stand for someone who is a complete and utter fraud. And so but that's he why we never show
0: up in who's who in the Legion of Superheroes down the line. I mean, he just ceases to exist.
3: And and like he should, because this issue is definitely one or this story. And now uh, I didn't read the Superman versus a uh, uh, spooky monster supernatural stuff in the beginning, because it's like, well, we're talking about Legion of Superheroes. Superman is uh, while well, he is a member. Uh, this mm-hmm. is stuff that we're focusing on teenagers from the future, not some old guy being scared of ghosts.
0: Some old dude. And, you know, it's not the best story in the world. I think it may be a Marty Pasco, but I can't say for sure.
3: Who was the artist on that? Because that didn't look like Swan.
0: Oh, it's definitely not Swan. Um, But I don't know whom.
3: Because that is a style that I, you know, when I was first getting into comics and picking up, you know, uh, old copies of comics that people had ripped the covers off and left lying around. That's Mm -hmm. the art style that really stands out for me as my first exposure to DC Comics was that that look.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure who it is. It may be Murphy Anderson on inks, mm-hmm. but honestly, I didn't really read it very well because it's kind of a cliched story yeah. of Superman's only real weakness is magic. So, NBA hey, you wins. guys, magic.
3: That's why Shazam can always beat him. Don't Add be us at guy. Legion Clubhouse. There you go. Don't be that guy. Add us at Legion Clubhouse. Anyway, back to the, uh, the Legionnaires. Right. I'm sorry, the Legion of Superheroes. Legionnaires Legion. is a different book that we'll get to in about uh, 50 years.
0: Right. The computer tells them condition red emergency. One legionnaire is an impostor. This computer is voiced by Majel Barrett because it is the law of nineteen sixty-nine computers.
3: <laughs> someone's an imposter and someone's breaking in and everyone's like, Who could be the imposter? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out later when we go take down this bad guy. And so mm-hmm. everybody's getting taken out. Like at one point, Lightning Lad is shooting off his, his uh his finger weapons and his hair is standing up and someone's like Hmm, why are you realizing up? That. It must be static discharge. He must be the imposter. And then when they take uh, Sunburst down, uh they're like, Oh, Phantom Girl must be the imposter because she said Sunburst would be taken down by his own powers. And and then and then someone who is it? Oh well, it was Shadow Last, but it was Phantom uh Phantom uh Dream Girl Dream that Girl. said that. But then uh then they all point a finger at Monel and said, You're supposed to be super invulnerable, and yet you got knocked out with one punch.
0: You know, you got to give Dream Girl props because she gets up in Monel's face and she's like, You're a fake Monel. You're a big <laughs> fat phony. And I'm like, Nora, you don't even have superhuman strength. If Monel is a big fat phony, he could rip you in two. Now, granted, this is not a Jeff John story, so that's not going to happen. But you have to give her props. It's really, really impressive. That young lady has some guts.
3: Yeah. She's also got some new boots or something going on in this, in this, uh, she issue. She
0: does. Yeah. She's got like a, a kind of a knee high jack boot thing or a traditional superhero boot instead of the, uh, little slip on heels that she'd been rocking since yeah, her first appearances. Sleepy so. slippers. I can't say for sure if this is their first appearance, because I can't remember the last time we saw Dream Girl. It's been a while. But I think this is the first appearance of her new boots.
3: All right. Well, so there's something that you can look forward to, uh, listeners, when you go back and find Action Comics 379. Turns out the real imposter is Shadow Lass, who apparently was captured, and uh, Mm -hmm. an imposter was put into her place with uh, one of those real-life masks. The
0: uh, perfectly lifelike rubber face masks. Those are so great. Yeah,
3: and she slipped in so that they could learn all the secrets of the legion of superheroes and then um uh, because the issue has to end in eight pages we see nothing of a rescue mission we see nope. nothing of the aftermath except for oh i missed you sweetie i missed you too dear were you nervous that i was uh, macking on some other girl while you were kidnapped she's like well maybe just a little bit
0: Ha ha, silly girl did you really think that other girl was me i have to admit though this Win Mortimer Murphy Anderson shadow lass is adorable. She is so cute, cute, cute. And, you know, not really fitting the character who's kind of a badass, actually, but she's so cute, cute, cute here. And you're just like, oh, Monel, they're such a nice little couple.
3: Yes, I, such... I just didn't care for it.
0: I didn't really either. And I think the biggest problem with it is that Nelson's story is one of those everybody is an idiot as befits the tale i mean we get to a <laughs> point where sure element lad might miss with his element powers and lightning lad might be like oh sorry i'm not allergic to lightning anymore but manel forgot to take the serum that keeps him from dying I mean, if I forget one omeprazole, I suffer for an entire day. And Monel's like, oh, lead serum. Oh, that'll be fine.
3: Well, maybe it was his off day. Maybe this is the day that he thought he was just going to have to do office duties, right? Because he's he's the second in command. And Mm -hmm. uh, so he's just calling a meeting to order. We're just going to have a nice casual day. Everyone's going to just check in. And we're going to be like Congress uh, when they're uh, on the closing days of session and everyone else is left. But uh, the people that are stuck In Washington, D.C. And he's like, ah, today will just be easy. Today I don't need to take this one med. It'll be fine. I'm not going to expose myself to any lead or kryptonite or atmosphere or bad guys. One day won't be that big of a deal.
0: You do. You do. And, you know, you're going to die if you don't. And I don't know. I think that this is a nice story. maybe he couldn't take
3: it it because he couldn't afford it. Maybe his prescription medication monies weren't... uh, weren't there and so he was half dosing you know he was saving his meds Stephen and taking them every other day Steven. it could happen no Steven. one says that universal health care is a is a thing in the future
0: yes they do they have literally come out and said that there's no more money and everything is fine and everybody has whatever they need to get by including their medications I don't <laughs> why I don't it, everybody money can didn't afford matter. a perfectly lifelike rubber face mask
3: How, if, if if the future were perfect and money wasn't uh, an issue then how come R.J. Brand is the richest man in the universe? And that other grumpy guy is always upset because he's the second richest guy
0: in the universe. Because inconsistent storytelling.
3: Hmm. I'm just going to go that he was half dosing.
1: (laughs) If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers.
0: The letter column for 379 has a Legion leader election.
3: That's right. Leader Legion election. Uh, This is the is this the second time that they have gone to the readers to ask them to elect a new pope?
0: Second or third time. I know that Ultra Boy's tenure was definitely, which is just ending right now, was definitely reader chosen. Mm-hmm. And this issue, 379, the letter column shows us Karate Kid winning leaders, Legion leadership what? with 2,218 votes. Now, bear in mind, previous leaders were in fact left out. So Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Brainiac, and Ultra Boy were not allowed to be voted for.
3: Now, who got second place in this?
0: Second place was Monel with less oh. than half, 993 votes wow, to Karate Mon-El. Kids, 2,218. So then
3: that makes a lot of sense, then, because at the beginning of that particular issue,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Monel is like, hey, I'm calling this meeting to order because I'm second in command.
0: Well, Monel was also Ultra Boy's deputy. He came in second to Ultra Boy as well.
3: Oh, man, Monel, always gonna be second.
0: That's right. Monel, always a bridesmaid,
1: never a bride. Action Comics number three eighty, half a Legionnaire, published September nineteen sixty nine. Written by Jim Shooter with art by Win Mortimer and Jack Abel. Synopsis: Something is wrong with the duo damsel, or at least one of her. I think we've got
3: a short episode this week, Matthew, with Action Comics three eighty, and this is what happens when you go back to back yep. with uh, eight issues, with eight pages of comics, sixteen pages total.
0: Yep. And I think that the most important thing that you need to know about Action Comics number 380 is it features a character named Dorks.
3: Yeah, it also features a a guy (laughs) named uh, Norlon.
0: Norlon, you know, with newfangled Norlon. It resists stains and it's watertight.
3: Have you ever had uh, that uh, philosophical discussion? I mean, it's a real discussion. If you cloned yourself... Right. And you and you had what is it? If you had sex with yourself, with your clone, how's that go?
0: God, I don't even know, man. What are Uh, you talking about?
3: So if you cloned yourself and you had sex with yourself, would it be masturbation?
0: No, because there's a separate person there. Right. Now, right. The question of would it be incest? That's another matter.
3: Well, so here's the thing. Is it is it wrong (laughs) for you to touch yourself? Right. Your other clone self, because you're. You know, a lot of one half of the people will say, no, you're the same person. You're having the exact same memories. You always had the exact same memory. So there's nothing wrong with that. And then you have the other group that is kind of like you who says, no, because you're a different person. And that's absolutely true, because the minute that you cloned yourself or the minute that you split, you yourself will call you uh, Matthew one. Matthew one is sitting there. And you are having an experience of looking at your other self, Matthew 2, for the first time and going, oh, my God, I can't believe this worked. Am I going to reach out and touch myself? And Matthew 2 is sitting there going, oh, I have all the memories, but I know I'm the clone. This is a totally different experience. Should I touch myself? But the fact that you are the fact that you are both thinking now brand new thoughts means that you are no longer the same person. And I think that is one of the more interesting aspects of Action Comics 380 because it asked the question and even even Bouncing Boy kind of asked this question. He's like, uh, you know, so like when you two split, are you the same person? Mm-hmm. And of course, Lornu 1 is like, of course, we're the same person. Why wouldn't we be? But Lornu 2 has been sent off on a mission to go deliver some some mail because mm-hmm. Lornu 1 is too tired to go on the mission. So they're like, hey, you go have fun and relax. I'll go do the heavy work. And the minute that they agree to do that and Split, they are two different people.
0: And this, I think, is the first time that we've really dealt with the psychological aspects of having two essentially independent bodies. And at 1.3, and it's interesting the way this comes up, because Lornu 2, also known as Lilith, (laughs) (laughs) it <laughs> <laughs> goes off and has her, you know, week long thing and falls in love with a guy who's totally not Superboy, but could almost be Superboy, which makes perfect sense because she used to love Superboy and comes back. And Lorna one is like, hey, what's wrong with you? And she's like, nothing. I'm fine. But it's clearly not the case.
3: No, because she comes back and we find out she's got a brand new boyfriend called Nor Norlon or something, whatever this guy's name is.
0: I believe. It's Namlor, which Namlor, is an anagram for it. normal.
3: Namlor, that's right. And everything is not normal here.
0: No, because Lilith is having really strange Cargite thoughts where she wants to be separate of the Lornu uh, dynamic, the, mm-hmm. the hybrid Lornu creature, because she's in love with Namlor and she cannot understand why her other half is not. So it's actually a personality conflict for the first time, and this is, like I say, this is the first time that we've really dealt into this. Later on down the line, this is going to become the central tenet of Duho Damsel's personality.
3: Oh, yeah, and also, uh, again, when she becomes triplicate girl uh, in yeah. in the reboot.
0: When she relaunches this triad, this is actually her major character trait, mm-hmm. is her three sides arguing with each other.
3: Yeah, and I find this really fascinating that we see this appearing here because it... I don't know. There's some psychological aspects of it that we've already talked about, you know, whether it means that you're weird or, um, you know, if you're normal when you when you when you split or also this sense of abandonment and, you know, uh, an identical twin. Let's say you have an identical twin. Let's not use the clone reference, although if you go online and look up the clone thing, there's a big, long discussion about this always online about the clone thing. But your identical twin, you two have grown up together all your life. You think alike, you talk alike. There's that weird documentary about the triplets that were separated at birth that finally get to meet one another for the first time. They all have the exact same mannerisms and everything. It's really weird mm-hmm. and really creepy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the minute that your identical twin is like, oh no, I'm gonna go do something else. I'm gonna go drinking after school instead of go home and study with my with my twin, suddenly the other twin is like, Oh my god, what is this what does this mean for me? What what's going on? And and there's really that psychological uh, thing that's going on for Lorne, who won as she's having this realization that maybe I'm not the person that I thought I was. Right. And then, of course, when they rejoin, Lorne, who, too, is trying to fight back in the subconscious about, mm-hmm. uh, um, no, I want to be separate. I don't want to be part of this of this
0: dynamic. I want to be Namlor, which is an anagram for normal.
3: No. Yeah. She wants uh-huh. to be. Lor. Uh-huh. She wants to be Lilith, which is also rather interesting mm-hmm. because when you think about it, Lilith, if you go into the, uh, what is it, the Gnostic check, uh, text or right. the, the Jewish uh, mythology, <laughs> you learn that Lilith may have been the very first wife of Adam.
0: Right. That's at least the mythology in the, in the Talmud. But she also had a notorious concert, uh, the Fair. That would just follow her around, which I think is a later part of the text.
3: But also, if you go even further, Lilith then has been uh, co-opted. Re- co- I don't want to say co-opted, but essentially turned into a monster, right? Into an evil person uh, after right. after uh, Adam couldn't take her stuff anymore and went with uh, went with Eve. <laughs> but I think that's kind of fascinating because here Lornu too wants to be known as lelith. It's a different spelling l e l i t h right uh which is different than the lilith from the from the Bible, but it's still very close that that was the first thing that popped in my mind. oh, here's a person that's breaking away and now is evil, and that may be why they use that name. I don't know. I just thought that that was a little interesting thing to bring up.
0: It definitely is. And I mean, if you look in, you know, different interpretations of the character in like Sumerian and Assyrian myth, you'll actually find that Lilith is the origin of creatures called demons. Right. You know, and you get these these inhuman, monstrous creatures that all come from one central place in certain tellings. So, yeah, having, you know, Lornu's inner demon be named after the mother of demons is probably... An intentional riff on Shooter's part. By the well, way, Shooter's and, back in this issue.
3: Yes, uh, which is, I think, very fascinating because we always think about what's in a name and we just throw off somebody like mon L and we're like, right. oh, okay, well, that's coming from the house of L well, because he thought it was his brother. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But then when you dive he, down. He deep,
0: loves citrus fruit and has <laughs> dyslexia.
3: But when you dive down deep and you see Lilith and it's like, whoa, that's that's Deep Ogre. Uh <laughs> I am just, I'm just really surprised and impressed with that.
0: Yeah, and of course, then there's Namlor, whose name is an oh, anagram gosh. for normal. Mm-hmm. But yes, once once Lilith finally turns on Lornu and Chuck, her boyfriend.
3: Yes, we want. I'm going to come back around to Chuck here in a minute.
0: Her gonna be boyfriend, her slow boyfriend. Namlor shows up and he's like, "Ha ha! I will fight you to get my girl. Ha ha!" And, of course, Lornu has to try and fight, and Chuck has to try and fight. But I really do appreciate one thing about this story. Okay. Uh, You know how I mentioned that Lou traditionally had a crush on Superboy that eventually kind of mutated? Right. Namlor is very much a Superboy archetype, up to the point where he is ready to kill. Well, Leo is to, like kill him. He's not kill ready Bouncing to kill. It's is
3: just like kill him, and 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 Namlor is like, oh no, I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't do that. I'm I'm sorry. Hey, stop everybody. Can we take a time out? Um, uh, bring it on in, everybody. Listen, yeah. I've got this thing called an aura. Some people may call it uh, some kind of a toxic masculinity that I have floating around myself. <laughs> just a cloud and, of axe body spray. <laughs> unfortunately my uh, toxic personality rubs off on people and they also become really horrible and, and really evil. And yeah. unfortunately when Lauren who too came to my planet to deliver the mail, uh, I kind of really liked her and I knew that my toxic masculinity was going to run off, rub off on her, but I didn't <laughs> care. But, uh, I kind of liked it at first cause she wanted to go, you know, hot rodding and smoking behind the school and stealing cars uh, but now that she wants me to kill somebody, I I I don't think that I can deal with this anymore. And um, uh, I'm out. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm out. Uh hopefully <laughs> the toxic masculinity will wash off you in a few days, Lilith, and you'll be back to normal. But see you, everybody. And then he Farewell. just slow walks off into the out the doorway and down the road, and everyone's just standing there like, who was that guy? His name <laughs> was normal.
0: Wah, wah wah. And you know. People think I'm story. joking.
3: You think I'm joking. That is in a modern parlance exactly what he's saying. I've got a toxic aura. It makes people evil around me. I thought I could I thought it was hot when she was doing bad things, but I can't kill for her.
0: His aura gives him his powers and it doesn't say that it turns everyone evil, but it definitely turned Lilith evil. Uh but yes, that's basically true what Steven said, although the axe body spray stuff I may have made up.
3: Yeah, but yeah magical aura axe body spray kind of the same thing
0: yeah this is an interesting issue for a number of reasons because it really does if you look at it kind of serve as that transition point from from Lou's crush on you know the big bold handsome superboy or namlor to bouncing boy who is much less of a traditional square jawed hero he's actually very rounded but it's also something where I think this is something that cements the bond between them, because much like last issue, where all of a sudden mon and Shadow Lass relationship sort of blossomed, this is a point where we see the hints between Chuck and Lou become a lot more intentional. While Lilith is gone, Chuck is like, hey, I'll keep you company. We could go on a date or something.
3: Oh, man. He is such a nerd. My dearest lady, I must now ask you out onto a date. Will thee accompany me to the picture show?
0: He does not talk like that. That is not how Bouncing Boy talks. Bouncing Boy does not talk like this. All right, Bouncing Boy talks like this. (laughs) This He is is such a he
3: is such a nerd, and the sad thing is, I remember being that nerd at one point and still getting the girl, just like Chuck, which makes this even more weird as you read this. But Hmm. the next thing I have a question about is Mm -hmm. Chuck is really into polyamory. Is Um, he? I think so because. He specifically comes up to Duo Damsel and he says, "Um, so are you both together or are you split apart? And she's like, well, it's just me. And he's like, oh, well, I I was going to take you both out on a date. But since it's just you, I guess I, I, I'll wait until the other one comes back. And she's like, no, no, we can go. And I... we know that over time these two do form a relationship. Yep. And the fact that she be- can become multiple people is part of that relationship.
0: But at this point, it's hard to say whether I would call that traditional polyamory or just kind of an offshoot of Lord. If you clone powers.
1: yourself
3: and you you get with your wife, is that <laughs> just,
0: you know what? It's like the argument of, Hey, sunboy can generate great heat and right. flame. Is he a star? Well, technically no. But, you know, Jeff Johns still made him be Earth's son because Jeff Johns hates everything. Well, but I uh, but
3: I think, though, that question of is Chuck into polyamory really does start to begin here.
0: Because it, he it's clear that love he wants with to two women or is he in love with one woman who has two bodies?
3: Well, it's but it's, it's two different as we've established at the beginning of this segment. It's literally two different women. Hmm. So mm. I think he's I think he's in love with all of them.
0: That's fine. And, you know, you know, perfectly fine. You can do your thing. You go out. It's it, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that the question of how lose powers affect her as a hero or how the ability to have two separate non superpowered bodies actually serves as an interim superpower, mm-hmm. is pretty fascinating in and oh, of sure, itself. Oh sure, 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 sure.
3: No, don't don't uh, dis- Get me wrong when I say that uh, polyamory is wrong, or that Chuck is weird, or that you know, oh, Chuck is weird, that we right. are are downplaying the the capabilities of Duo Damsel. I'm just bringing this question up because this issue brings up that question of Are you the same person, or are you someone different? And if you are someone different, and you're wanting to have a relationship with both of them, then that by definition, is polyamory.
2: Mm,
0: and, and, you know, you have to ask yourself, though, when you have a relationship with somebody, even if it's just one person who has one body, doesn't she sometimes have different aspects and different parts of her body?
3: <laughs> Not, <laughs> at, the Not at the same time. Not at the same time. I'm know. just very curious. I'm curious what our listeners think about this this uh, topic, if they've made it this far, yeah. As as this explores, because if I'm not mistaken, at some point, especially in the reboot era where it's um, uh, what is it? Uh, not triplicate girl. What's her name in the in the reboot era? But triad, triad, where there are very specific instances of them wanting to do things with each of the individual entities or each of the in- individual personalities.
0: Yeah, there's a noteworthy story during the Wade Kitson era. Where Lou goes on three dates at the same time Mm -hmm. with three of her, you know, colleagues and each of their situation and each of their interactions is different. But, you know, we even get into this uh, before the crisis resets everything. We get to a point where questions of is Lou Arno one person or two people? did she used to be three people, really do start to come up. And eventually you get into some really weird permutations of it, which I kind of hope we get to eventually in, you know, Legion Clubhouse episode number 414.
3: Well, I think we eventually will. But I also do think that that is kind of reinforces the idea that they are very different people because she does still feel loss over the fact that she lost a part of herself or one of herself.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you lost a finger, wouldn't you still feel bad about it?
3: Eh, it depends on how I lost it. If I was throwing M80s and I didn't throw it fast enough and I lost a finger, that's on me. If a dog bit it off, yeah, then I'd be like, dang, dog. Look what I lost.
2: Well, yeah.
0: If you, I mean, even if you take it to the question of a cargite has three separate bodies, Would you, you ask me? yourself, yeah, cargite. You're a cargite. Anyway, a cargite has three separate bodies. Losing one of those bodies is the equivalent of losing a large portion of a, an earth person's body. So possibly, you know, losing more than a finger, losing a limb or losing the use of more than one of your limbs. You have to ask yourself, how would that affect you? What kind of change would that be? So I can definitely see your point, but I also feel like it would be just as traumatic to be in a fight with a computer and, you know, (laughs) lose an arm or use the loose use the use of your legs As it would be to have one of a separate body, a separate entity that shares your form. I mean, are they equivalent? No, but I think they would both be very traumatic, and I think they'd both mess with your head.
3: Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. I like this story a lot better than the first story, obviously, Mm -hmm. because it spawned this great discussion. And thank you for putting up with this, uh, this thought process. This little uh, thought bubble (laughs) thing that has popped up because I kind of like thinking about these things a little bit larger and how a comic book can uh, uh, blossom into a larger discussion about uh, current topics and issues. But I got to say, this is still one of the dumbest endings in a comic book.
0: It very much suffers from the eight page length. It just sort of stops dead. and. While it's a little bit more defensible and a little bit more dramatically uh, solid than the way last issue ended, just having Namlor go, oh, well, I'm sorry, I was being selfish and my powers made you evil, bye, really does kind of screech out of nowhere in the last four panels of the issue. Yeah, It's,
3: it's tough telling a story in eight pages.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially a story with more than two characters.
3: Yeah, in this case, there were four. We've come to the end of another Legion Clubhouse shorter episode. I'm, I mean, my gosh, like I said, short episode, but still, we're here for you. Um, yeah. Matthew, what did we learn this week in the Legion Clubhouse?
0: We learned that in the 30th century, the perfectly lifelike rubber mask, face mask factory outside of Akron, Ohio, is going to be doing gangbusters.
3: We also know that it's very hard to tell when Lornu too is evil because she didn't have a goatee.
0: And we've learned that Lilith is fat phobic because she makes fun of Chuck's size, even though she says he's a threat. So Sprock, you Lilith.
3: That wraps it up for this installment of the Legion Clubhouse. Thank you once again, everyone, for joining us in our discussions. Uh, We'd love to hear back from you. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. There is a link in the show notes where you can click on and go right to the page and share your thoughts. You can send us an email to share your thoughts. You can leave us five-star reviews over at Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. You can even become a patron at patreon.com slash majorspoilers and uh, share in all the other goodness that is over there. Find out more at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Until the next time, I'm Namlor, lad.
1: And I'm Dorks Dude. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Stephen Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Stephen Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Stephen at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa.
3: This podcast is copyright 2019 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.
0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: Oh, oh,
1: oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile upholstery carpet?